0: On this episode of Whale Cave, actor Andy Daly talks about playing drums in a controversial junior high school talent show, director Mike Blyden channels the Butthole Surfers, and host Matt Price has a beef with two drunk women at a Decembris concert. Whale Cave starts
1: now. I got a microphone.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to Whale Cave You're listening to Here We Go Magic, the song Collector I'm a big Here We Go Magic fan And they were very cool about letting me uh, use some of their music for this The first episode of Whale Cave, thank you so much for listening um, I am uh, I'm excited, excited to start here Uh... This is a... Uh, I stopped that pretty abruptly, but you know what? That's all right, because I want to get down to business, folks. This is a uh, podcast. We're going to uh, have – I want to have some of my favorite uh, actors, writers, comedians come on, tell stories about music, all music-related stuff, and um, uh, have musicians come on, play, play a little something, tell stories about the road, life on the road. Not. it doesn't have to be on the road. It can be about the home, whatever it is, but uh, all stories, uh, ideally funny tales. Uh, so this is the first one, and um, I'm really excited because I love music. I don't get when people don't. I- I'm not a judgmental person usually, but I I don't quite understand it. It's um, I was at a party talking to my friend about a concert, and this guy came up to us, and he was like, "Oh, you're talking about music again?" Yawn. I was like, "Really?" I I couldn't be- first of all, I couldn't believe he said yawn. That was a. But I also um. I I just don't get it. It was like if you went up to somebody who's eating lunch and you were like, oh, you're eating food again? Yawn. It just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. I know some people don't love music and I totally get it. My wife, for example, uh, she doesn't doesn't love music. Like our Venn diagram of the music that we both like, it's like uh, Prince, West Side Story and like five Bon Jovi songs. But she does like. I mean, she likes that stuff. She likes the black eyed peas, you know. And that's you know whatever. She likes Will I Am. Um, I want my daughter to to. I have an 19 month old daughter, and I really want her to to know about cool music. And I feel like that's one thing I could give to her. Um, I'm not. I'm not cool. I should say. If you're listening, being like, oh, I, I, this guy sounds cool. I'm not really. Uh, I have two pairs of jeans. Uh, I'm a cyberchondriac, which means I look up things on the internet that, uh, and diagnose myself when I don't feel well. And I, I stained our pillows with apparently orange tinted Rogaine. These are not cool things, but I think, I think I have a, a fairly cool taste in music and I, I kind of want to give that to her cause, um, you know, I'm making her grow up in LA and, uh, and so she's not, she's going to have no morals by the time she's eight. So I want to, and I want to at least give her some cool music, um, and I'm always looking because of that I'm always looking for interesting music and like this band. Here we go, Magic. I think they're great. Um, I'm going to play music from them throughout the show. And um, if you like them, go to iTunes or wherever you buy music. Um, they're actually coming out with an album in May, and so I'm excited about that. Um, I always I like when people um, tell me what music they're listening to, and um, hopefully that'll be part of the podcast too. If you you know want to email in uh, when I get an email. <laughs> Uh, you can let me know what you're listening to and stuff, but I, 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 I always think it's funny when people come up to you with the most obscure bands and they're shocked when you don't know who they are. Like I have a friend, uh, who's, who does this and, and I never know who he's talking about. And he's like, really? Like, he'll be like, uh, have you ever heard of Spaghetti Eddie in the left feet? And I'm like, no. And he's like, really? You ever heard of Spaghetti Eddie in the left feet? And I'm like, no. And then he explains in some, like how, in some very random way out, he was like, oh man, I was at Ralph's. And I was listening to my iPhone and this guy gave me a demo and he's Spaghetti Eddie and no one's ever heard it. And I'm, all, I'm like, how did you, then how would I know? And he's like, I don't know. They're just so good. Um, but I need to find, I, I really need to find good music. Um, I like to, um, I like to go to shows. A lot of times now, because we have a, a, a young uh, child, I, I go to shows alone because, again, my wife and I don't, normally agree on the music that i'm listening to and uh and she won't find the band babysitter worthy perhaps so i'll go alone and uh i'm I'm very i'm very precious because because my the the free time is is more precious now and um i need the audience to be perfect and they never are especially in los angeles the audience is is always a little rough um i saw the december's at the hollywood bowl and i was really excited because i was like oh cool they'll be kind of like a a similarly like similar to me like kind of nerdy kind of you know, eating eggplant hummus kind of uh, audience. And um, and they were. And they, we were all in it together. Except I sat behind the two girls who were wasted. They were just like swilling, you know, shiraz. And after every song and before every December song, they were like – they would scream out, loving it, <laughs> like every time. Like – and I knew it was coming. I, so I could I, – as soon as the song started, I would kind of forget. And then as it was ending, I was like, no, 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 no. And I would hear, loving it! Every time. It was awful. Um, I saw the, um, I saw Girl Talk Alone. That was another one. Uh, DJ Girl Talk, who's a, a mashup DJ who mashes up like, you know, just, you know, very eclectic songs um, and sort of hardcore rap Um like it'll be like uh he'll he'll match up like Steely Dan and somebody and be like you know like oh, I'm a fool to do your dirty work worked that butt work that butt you know it's, it's basically like that but but better it's not me doing it it's it's he's very he's awesome but anyway the crowd is pretty much like 20 uh, year old girls and 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 dudes but in you know white T-shirts. it's so just very young crowd and I'm this sort of a uh, little bald man and so it it's i'm it's, it's i a lot of the uh uh girls there seemed like they were on ecstasy and so I imagined that I was kind of scaring them or that they thought I would look like a giant baby Uh, which I do you don't need to be on ecstasy to feel that way but anyway um, I also thought me being in the crowd was like um, the first scene of a Law and Order episode you know like it starts and you hear this bumping, like I'm a fool to do work that butt work that butt and you know Jerry Orbach and Jesse Martin come up to this girl and they tell her that you know, they're interviewing her cause some girl just died in the bathroom or something. And the girl's like, I don't know. I just saw her dancing next to this bald guy and DJ girl talk was playing pretty loudly. And jr box like, uh, looks like DJ girl talk better speak up. Dun dun. You know, that kind of thing. Anyway, look, this isn't about law and order. I'm getting way off track. This is about law and order. This is uh, about uh whale cave. It's about people, uh, Telling music related stories, so thanks again for listening. And uh, I'd like to bring on our very first guest. Our first guest on Whale Cave is a very funny man who I met in New York City back in the late, mid 90s. Since our meeting, he's been on television and in film many, many times over. He was a, 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 a regular on Mad TV. And on Eastbound and Down, and he has a show coming out on Comedy Central at some point in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Daly. I'm fading that out. Was that a rehearsal? No, that was Oh, it. really? You're on. You're kidding me. No. Oh.
3: Are we I ready? we were rehearsing my intro because it sounded so casual. And
2: Oh, did you want me to, to amp it up a little? No big deal. Whatever. Let's just go. <laughs> That's that's what this podcast is all about. (laughs) Keeping it cash? Yeah, I was going to call it keeping it cash. Not too late, is it? I just didn't know how to spell cash. Yeah, yeah. It seems like cash. I don't have any idea. And that's confusing. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for coming to the show. My pleasure. Um, C-A-J-S? (laughs) C-A-J-S. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to change it to keeping it cash. (laughs) All right. Because that's great. Keeping it. Yeah. C A J S. I think that might be it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, for those of you who are joining Whale Cave, (laughs) it is now keeping it cash. Um, Because we cracked it. So, because Mr. Daly cracked the code. Yeah. This this abbreviation spelling code. Um, So, I wanted you on the show because you – first guest, by the way. Wow. Ever. Holy shit. Yeah. No swearing. Oh. Um, You can swear. Um because you have a, a hilarious this you know this is about story this is about musical stories, musical related mm. stories. you have a hilarious tale yeah about a, a a talent show when you were in junior high but but also recently I saw on Facebook uh-huh. another very funny thing that happened with you and a musician, and perhaps I thought perhaps you could you could tell us about that too yes
3: I'll tell you that story as an appetizer to the main story mm. the talent show story. Uh, or an appetizer. No, tizer. Uh
2: just keep it cash. Okay, whatever, you yeah.
3: <laughs> whatever I do. Uh I was at the uh season 3, right, premiere for Eastbound and Down and Marilyn Manson was there because uh a lot of people don't know Marilyn Manson is a huge Eastbound and Down fan. He's a kind of he's a super fan. And uh, I would, wouldn't know that, I guess. He, there was an article about it, but weirdly really? enough, he did a weird thing. You can Google it. He dressed up as Kenny Powers and uh, what took a photo of himself. It looks beyond weird, oh, really. <laughs> yeah, he's a super crazy super fan. Wow, and uh, so <laughs> because of that, he was invited to the premiere. Wow, yeah, it looks disturbing. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so I ran into him there, and he he walked up to me. And started describing in really a disturbing detail the, uh, the sequence uh, where my character in season one is watching gorgeous ladies on television and gets a boner. <laughs> and he's like, remember that scene where you were like watching uh, the girls' mud wrestling on TV and you get a boner and you like stroke your boner and then like you call to your fiancé and then you go in there and like – and you fuck her and <laughs> – like. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I remember that, and you remembered like uh, really, really precisely. Yeah. <laughs> and I told, I just said, "This is like, because it was." I just said, "This is a really disgusting conversation. <laughs> like, this is very disturbing." And he was like, "Oh, oh, sorry." And then he leaned in and uh, took a a, a big, a deep breath, uh, smelling my hair. Oh no! And he said, "Your shampoo smells really nice." <laughs> Do you remember what shampoo say, it was? Yeah, it didn't make it better. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I get it at uh, Whole Foods. It's. It is very. So it was your normal. Shampoo. It was your
2: normal. It's okay. my usual shampoo. Right. It wasn't an Eastbound Down Premier party. Shampoo. Listen,
3: it's not the first time that I've been complimented on the smell of my hair. I believe it's just, just coming on the heels as, a, as it did of that yeah. boner story. And by the way, here's a piece of trivia: the boner in that scene, <laughs> not a real boner,
2: was um, a craft services uh, carrot. Oh, uh, baby carrot wrapped in a sock. Wait. It was the, so the carrot was inside of a sock Yes, all balled up or just a limp sock?
3: <laughs> I'm not sure I get
2: the oh, – wrapped it
3: was, the sock was wrapped around. Oh, I around see. Okay, right, right, right. It wasn't carrot. just placed
2: in the sock and then stuffed down. Mm. I mean, you know what? It's not important. Okay. I'm getting way too <laughs> – I'm not keeping it cash right now. With the volume of my headphones. That's perfect. Uh, so yeah. you, okay, so you you told him and he felt sort of bad about it and He then, was like,
3: oh, sorry. Like, yeah.
2: I was like, yeah, no, that
3: was – yeah, that was disgusting.
2: But you took it cuz I saw that I saw it. Yes, all. and then
3: I said, well, we might as well get a picture. And
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. Cuz how often are you just with Marilyn Manson.
3: <laughs> yeah, there was somebody standing right there. I was like, I guess we'll get a picture of this moment. And uh yeah, it's a pretty good picture and then
2: It's a great picture cuz he's all, you know, I mean, he's all Marilyn Mansoned up. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he goes out as, you know, Steve no. Zimmerman or whoever <laughs> he really is. You know. No, he, he
3: looked just like Marilyn Manson. That's amazing. And then he asked me if He, if I could email him the the photo that we had taken, (laughs) I I just said no because then you would have my email address. And he goes, Okay,
2: do you think he was fishing for it? (laughs) I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Oh man, that's awesome! (laughs)
3: Yeah, um, anyway, nice guy, real weird, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) super gross,
2: kind of gross,
3: kind of. Yes, I think you know what?
2: Let's let's say this for Marilyn, Mm -hmm. he is a fan. Yeah, and he wasn't afraid to be like, you know what? I know Marilyn Manson, but like, you know, he he overcame his fame. Yeah, to be like, oh, you know what? I love the show. I'm going to talk to everybody and hang and Yeah, right. This guy's super talented. I'm going to go smell his hair. <laughs> he did not have yeah. a problem with that.
3: Yeah, he didn't. He just went for it.
2: All right, but that's not why I asked you to come here. No, to talk about Marilyn Manson sniffing your hair. You, you. Strangely a, enough, that is not you why were you, me here. Uh, you were a musician of sorts. Not of sorts. Yeah, I was probably, I don't want to brag,
3: I might have been the third best drummer at my junior high. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy. (laughs) But I mean, pretty good stuff. Yeah, and this is a story, I want to tell you a story about this uh, talent show that occurred at my junior high school. Uh, we're going back now to 1985 or six. Okay, let's go back there. Okay, good. Set the way back dial. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was there had not been a talent show for the previous two years. I know that, and it's the way they were talking about it. There had not been a talent show for a long time. It seemed like, uh, and people got super excited about it. People just started throwing bands together. I was in a band with a guy, a friend of mine named Dan, who's like just was super tall and super skinny and had really long hair and. By for before that reason, was the front man of a band. He did, he couldn't sing or play any instruments or anything, but there was just no question that this guy... He had guy, the look, yeah. Yeah, if you're, right. people are putting together bands, this guy's going to be in one. Sure. It just looks that way. And he was super interested in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, and so mm-hmm. <laughs> he wanted to sing... Uh, Heaven on Their Minds, that great song that Judas sings at the opening of Jesus Christ Superstar, an incredibly challenging song. The, yeah. The, you know, yeah.
2: And again, you're in – I'm sorry, seventh grade? The, we were in eighth grade. We were in, eighth, in grade. eighth grade. OK. Yeah. But yeah. You know, junior, you're know, you in junior high. Yeah. He's tackling a fairly complicated <laughs> yeah. song. In it a drove musical. Ben Vereen to madness. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That song. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Most songs did though. <laughs> yeah. Little known fact.
3: So we he cannot that. listen to the radio. Yeah, and then we also did Emerson Lake and Palmer's uh, "Lucky Man," <laughs> which and uh, it has a very memorable keyboard solo. You know, yeah.
1: wee, 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 wee,
3: you know that whole thing. But Dan, we didn't have a keyboardist, and so Dan decided that he was going to do it a cappella. He was going to sing it into the microphone, mm-hmm. and I think we all, in our minds. <laughs> Imagine that the audience would be sitting there seeing this band without a keyboardist start into Lucky Man and go, How are they gonna handle the keyboard solo? And then when he like sang it, right. they were gonna go crazy. Yeah. Was what we thought. But no, not at all. It just seemed weird that he was up there going, wee, 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 wee. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work. And then and then the other major lapse in what we imagined versus how the audience <laughs> perceived it was that I was a big U2 fan. And you two used to leave the stage one at a time, very theatrically. (laughs) Like, Bono would say, good night, and the place would go crazy, and the other three would still be up there playing 40, right? And then, uh, and then I think The Edge left next or they switched instruments who cares but anyway it was down to Larry at the end right. all alone on the drum set and he would play a little bit and then he would and then he, you know hit the snare one last time and wave and leave and i was like we got to do that <laughs> here's why that's a bad idea but you two did it after like an entire rock show you know like they were on stage for 2 hours and then they left you in this way that let you give a big round of applause to everybody on stage and savor the the show right to the last crumb <laughs> right. you know we were doing it at the end of our second of two songs. <laughs> right. And when the audience doesn't give a shit that you're up there to begin with, there's no <laughs> sense leaving theatrically.
2: Right. Dragging it out. Don't drag it out. Yeah, just get off because <laughs> I want to see my kid play the tambourine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh,
3: that was our performance. But our performance was not one of the, the major controversial ones mm-hmm. of, the, of the of the day. Uh Prior to the talent show, you had to turn in to the principal the songs that you wanted to play for approval. Right, your set list. Yeah. Right. Right. And there was one band that wanted to play uh, Eric Clapton's Cocaine (laughs) and then another band that wanted to play Purple Haze. And both of those uh, songs were rejected by the principal. Of course. Yes. (laughs) Of
2: course. (laughs) Understandably. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, But everybody in school found out about it. And everybody was outraged and pissed off, Mm -hmm. like you know, the man was coming down on us. And so it gets to the day of the talent show. (laughs) Which you should have. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Oh, and I didn't even tell you, at the end of our performance, I left this part out. (laughs) After everybody else has left and I'm on stage alone, right, it's just down to me, the drummer, playing the end of Lucky Man, I do this – I hit this one cymbal I had, and it just fell off the stand. The (laughs) cymbal just fell off the stand. (laughs) And – (laughs) <laughs> and then I went around for a fill And out of nervousness I dropped one of my drumsticks So I'm almost done I just I finished it out with one drumstick And then tried to th- salvage the moment By throwing it into the audience <laughs> And it just skittered along the floor <laughs> And hit some kid in the shin In the first row
2: Ow like, yeah. <laughs> Mommy, just awful. why?
3: So that's over. That's in the audience's memory. Also... Did I'll you
2: go s- get the stick? <laughs> we <We're> you like, sorry? <laughs> oh,
3: oh, sorry. I kind, of kind of need that back. <laughs> sorry about that. Can I just grab <laughs> that? actually more expensive than you think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that, the audience had seen that. The audience had seen one of our few black students go up on stage all by himself and do a human beatbox for a couple of minutes, <laughs> which was really awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot of... <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah. So you're kind of like, well, I know this isn't an asthma attack, but... It's kind of, and then uh, there were some popular girls who sang Cadillac Ranch with uh, some
2: cheerleading accompaniment. That so, th- all of that has happened, and then this. Man, also said you had. You also told me there was a, a now famous uh, an, uh, an actor now. Uh, oh, that's t- right. TV actor.
3: Yes, the the famous uh, actor Robert Sean Leonard. Right. We used to call him Bobby at the time. Sure. He was uh, at my junior high, and he accompanied himself on guitar and sang China Grove. <laughs> <laughs> I love your all of your musical choices, by the way. China Grove.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about Lucky this man. recently.
3: You kind of had no choice but to listen to classic rock in the mid '80s. It was because there wasn't. It was right. either
2: that or like smooth jazz or R and B or top forty hits. Or you're playing. Yeah, you guys were either playing Karma Chameleon. <laughs> yeah. Or Lucky Man. <laughs> right. And right. Then you went. No, nah, I'm not playing Karma Chameleon. <laughs> There's no drums. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: There was no like alternative. Nothing. Anyway. Right. There was no it was Major
2: ground. Tom or yeah China Grove. Yeah. yeah
3: pretty much. So. So that's all happened. We've had, obviously, we've had a great show up to this point. The band, (laughs) (laughs) this is a hell of a show. The band that was told they could not play cocaine gets up on stage. (laughs) And immediately, the entire, all the kids in the audience, I don't think this was a daytime show. I don't think there were a lot of parents there, if any. It was like mainly a show by and for the kids. All the kids in the audience start going, cocaine, cocaine, (laughs) cocaine. Just a huge auditorium wide (laughs) chant. And at that point, if you're that band, you, ha- I, in my opinion, you have no choice. Right. You have to play cocaine. No doubt. There's,
1: you can't not
3: play it. <laughs> yeah. The whole audience is chanting for it. It's a rock show. Yeah. It's rock and roll. It's the spirit. of You have to do it. So sure enough, burn out, yeah, now place goes fucking crazy, <laughs> crazy, and then the guy, I think, out of sensitivity, like he didn't want to get in trouble for saying the word cocaine, the lead singer, mm-hmm. he just he left it he he didn't say anything there, leaving the entire audience to fill it in.
2: Does he turn the mic to the audience or does he just no is he understood? just he just stepped right. away from the mic <laughs> rock star style
3: and just goes, yeah, yeah, and the whole place goes
2: cocaine <laughs> so.
3: The song goes on a little longer than you would expect. And then inevitably we see out of the wings, here comes the principal. I I should change his name. Let's call him Dr. Forrester. Great. (laughs) Dr. Forrester comes out from the wings and just instantly he's got this face like, no, 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 guys. No, no, (laughs) no. Not going to happen, guys. No, no. The whole place, it's like Captain Hook has come out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, boo, everybody's booing and upset. <laughs> he waves to the band, and the band, I mean, he's the principal. The band stops playing, and he steps up to the mic, and he gives a speech. He goes, you know what? I mean, this is a great song. I've got this album myself in my collection. <laughs> Impossible to picture. <laughs> and uh, You know, its I love it, but guys, we can't do it. It's a song about drugs. We, just, we can't play it at a school function. You know, I get it. You guys are excited. Just not going to happen. So like, go, play your other songs, guys. And, they did. and so, you know, it was disappointing. So they stayed. They stayed on the stage. They stayed okay. on the stage. All right. The show kept going. A couple acts later, the band comes up on stage that was told they can't play Purple Haze. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and, of course, Purple Haze, Purple <laughs> Haze, the whole audience. Now, here in my mind, this is a judgment call. The, <laughs> I think the first band had no choice but to play cocaine. I think this band... Didn't have to play Purple <laughs> no, Because that, that move had already been right. played, you know, the, of playing the band song. It had already happened. You don't and have
2: to kiss this guy.
3: You, you don't just... have to
2: kiss this guy, No.
3: And you're not going to top it necessarily by playing – you're not going to top
2: it. And you're not going to look bad in the hallways later. Be like, oh, dude,
3: they, they couldn't play cocaine. What yeah. are we, we going to do? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they didn't have to do it. No. But – the reaction to the, I mean, those, those are two great openings, the two songs, by the way. So anyway, the reaction of the crowd was insane. Yeah, of and course. you could tell. I mean, they. Oh, I feel good for them because they got it. They got the the feeling that you yeah. know, playing the band song. Prom it, chord it, it felt great, but now this time, Doctor Forrester <laughs> was ready for it, and he is fucking pissed. Like he comes on stage and really, really. Loses it. Uh. (laughs) Like really like red in the face. Yelled at everybody and the band and everybody in the audience. And like, we tried to do this thing for you guys. Like to have some fun and this is – blah, blah, blah. Like really like laying on guilt. And then he called an end to the talent show. Oh, And there were a couple acts still. There were? Yeah. And he called an end to the talent show. He said, (gasps) that's it. This is over. Forget it. Now later at like – whatever that was, at the next – concert for the choral concert or whatever those those acts did get to play right. but it was kind of a big big ugly deal yeah for yeah. sure
2: yeah those kids must have been pissed
3: yeah i think they were pissed <laughs> now there are two great postscripts to this story uh one is that the lead singer of the band that sang cocaine i guess i'm not sure about this <laughs> but, but i heard later in high school he disappeared for a while i heard that he was in rehab for cocaine <laughs> which that would be amazing <laughs> wow! <laughs> uh, <laughs> because uh, how do you get that rush back that you got that day? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you have to yeah, actually. I- the only thing better than an audience chanting cocaine at you is, I guess, trying it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the other more important postscript is that, as a senior in high school, I was appointed to be the student representative to the board of education. Very mm-hmm. important position. Definitely. <laughs> yes. And by per the bylaws of my high school. Uh that person, as well as the student council president, were two students who were on the committee to select a new principal should a new principal need to be chosen for the school, which just happened to be the case that year. Our principal was retiring. There was a principal search, and I was on the committee to find a new principal.
2: So how much weight did you have on – I mean that's – I was one-sixth. You were one-sixth of yeah. choosing a principal for a new school? Yeah. There were wow. two
3: teachers, two administrators, two students. Wow. And uh That's
2: pretty progressive.
3: Yeah. It was pretty cool.
2: Was it because you were a drummer in that band years ago? It was
3: because I was the third best drummer. They went to the first two and they were like, no. no Uh,
2: (laughs) We don't need little Jason Bonham. (laughs) Right. But
3: so Dr. Forrester comes in. He's still the junior high principal applying for the job (laughs) to be the principal of our high school. And I'm sitting there, and I'm still harboring this grudge against him for for his behavior at the talent show. (laughs) And I'm sitting there trying to come up with the right way to ask him to get to this. And I said, like, uh, what are your views on students' rights of self-expression, like, uh, in terms of that there was a performance or the school newspaper? And he's just nodding. And he goes, I know what you're getting at. (laughs) (laughs) he goes, there was a uh, talent show. Uh, (laughs) Beckett did. Ben Franklin, and, and I know that you were uh, involved in the incident, and I thought – I got like kind of paranoid that he was trying to uh, diminish my influence <laughs> in the group by saying that I was involved in an incident. Right. So I went back. I said, well, no, fair, I was not involved in the incident. I was a part of the show. And he was like, yes, 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 fair, fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> touché, fair. Touche. touché. very fair. And uh, he explained it very calmly and, and <laughs> gave a very good accounting of himself, but – during the actual selection process, like the tallying of the votes I this is terrible that I'm saying this publicly, but he was right on the line oh, no. of whether <laughs> uh, whether he would get bumped up to the next level or not. And uh, I had kind of won the other student over <laughs> And Well, anyway, he didn't get moved on to the next level of the selection process, and a large part of it was because I sat there and told the story of him losing his cool.
2: Dr. Forrest there. (laughs) Tell a joke. Oh, man. Yeah. And he's still the principal of Ben Franklin to this day. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Well, you uh, Uh, you threw a proverbial uh, drumstick in (laughs) him. And it... Yep, and it shattered more than his shin, rattled at his feet. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, that's a that's an amazing story. Thank I told
3: you. this story live, uh, and uh, afterwards, Eric Friedman said to me, "I wanted to. I have a question for you." I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Do you feel bad now for ruining that principal's <laughs> <laughs> career based on that?"
2: And I hadn't before he asked it, but now I kind of do. Well, yeah, you never really feel that bad. I mean, that's not true. Sometimes you don't. Mm. You really feel worse when someone asks you if you feel bad. Well, I have you don't you were you were thirteen or I guess you were sixteen whenever that happened. I think I was I think I was seventeen
3: by by the time we were selecting a new principal and and at the time yeah I was full I was absolutely full of righteousness about it like you know we should be able to play whatever songs we want man. Yeah. but I guess I kind of get it now. You
2: also uh, just had all this power on the committee.
3: I was crazed with power. Yeah, just like Doctor Forrester.
2: And you didn't realize what a job meant. <laughs> no, exactly. I had you know, no idea what a job meant. A job in raising someone's family? No idea. Yeah. That guy's probably got three kids. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't mean a lot to me. Big deal.
3: Yeah, right. That he's looking at, uh, yeah, he wants to put in a new kitchen or something like yeah. that. And it would be a bump in salary. Yeah. None of that occurs yeah, to me. Yeah, maybe he'd have
2: insurance now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Nope. Nope. Sorry, Dr. Forrester. all right <laughs> guy. <laughs> I want to hear cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, good luck with your life. Well, thank you so much for telling that story. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Um, we'll have you back here on uh, on Keep It cash. I'd love to. A lot of keeping it th- cash. A
3: lot of crazy things happen with that band, man.
2: I, I want you know what I'd love to do one day, and this is actually something I'd like to do on Whale Cave. Yeah. Uh, I would like to reunite bands. Is there any chance? Are the guys all over town? Not town, but the country?
3: I'm embarrassed to say I only remember that Dan was in that band. I don't know who played guitar and bass in that particular band.
2: I wouldn't mind getting you and Dan back together. (laughs) Dan, I found
3: him on the internet somewhere. Yeah? He actually is uh, writing and recording and singing songs, and his voice sounds fantastic.
2: Can you still play drums at all? Yeah. You know what? Let's make it happen. I think in a future Whale Cave episode, and I think the listeners would agree, (laughs) They, what was your band called? Do you remember?
3: Oh, I wish I could remember. Okay. I really wish I could. Well, it's we'll, painful we'll, that I can't.
2: I can't remember any of the names of the bands. Maybe we'll just call you Doctor Forrester. Good. And uh, bring <laughs> bring Dan back. We'll fly. I'll fly Dan out here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew Daly, everybody. Andrew Daly, <laughs> that the I love that story. What I I also love that that to me I, he kind of understood that how advanced the talent show was i mean that seemed like a lot of talent i remember uh never doing talent shows when i was in junior high but my friend did one and literally his talent was he played the recorder in his nose like that's that was his sixth grade talent i was uh, uh, the only part of a talent show i was ever part of was not music related but my family we took a um a white water rafting trip in the colorado river through the grand canyon we stayed there for five nights, and it was beautiful. And the last night, word got out through the 30 rafters that I lived in. I lived in New York at the time, and that I, I was working for MTV. And they were like, oh, you should host a talent show, dude. So I hosted a talent show on the banks of the Colorado River, and it was beautiful. And I had two jokes. <laughs> One joke was, um, anybody here from out of town? That was, that was a big joke. People were like, ah, ha, this kid works on MTV. And then the other joke was, um, someone did something, like they played... Somebody had like a ukulele or some instrument that they brought on the raft for some – I don't know why. For this purpose probably. And after she left, I said, uh, 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 something that great hasn't been discovered here since John Wesley Powell came by. And he discovered the Grand Canyon in the 1860s, which we all knew because we all kept hearing about it. Those are my two – Hilarious jokes, but none as great as uh, not not as great a talent show as, as Daily seemed to have. Okay, I'm going to bring on uh, our next uh, uh, the the second uh, Whale Cave cast right now. He's um, yeah, there we go. Okay, he's um, a good friend of mine, I've known him for a very long time. Very talented. Uh, he uh, we used to perform together a lot, and now he's a he's a, a, a director. He and a writer. He was a director on uh, Jimmy Fallon, a writer on Jimmy Fallon show, and uh, and now he's been doing uh, a lot of stuff here in L.A. directing. He's directed a few Up All Nights, and he's here to regale us with a story about how he has uh, been uh, dabbled in music for a while. Mister Mike Blyden, welcome to Whale Cave, Mike.
0: Hey, thanks. Um, hey, congratulations on you. On this 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 project this endeavor. Thank yeah. you, thanks a lot. I'm you're, excited about you're it. Doing something with yourself.
2: I'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm picking myself back up again because <laughs> you were low for a while. I was shattered <laughs> for a while, but now I'm, I'm picked up the pieces. You weren't really low. Uh, I was doing pretty well actually. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm this thing. I'm excited about Whale Cave, and so I'm glad you're here. We're uh, also called Keeping It Cash, apparently.
0: How's house Cash spelled? Because that's that's really it. All well, daily cracked it. Daily cracked it. Uh, mm. C-A-J-S I would do C-A-Z-S Really?
2: Okay, well there's some debate now We'll bring Daily back And we'll talk about it But um, I wanted you to be on the show Because I've known you for I figured out we, We've we known each other for almost 20 years We have lived together For seven of those
0: years Yeah, we've lived together For, an, for a really large right. proportion of adult years Well, seven out of 20, yeah weirdly large proportion it's large proportion yeah, yeah. exactly weirdly and, uh, large
2: weirdly and um, and in that time I've seen you um, I've seen you grow <laughs> no but I've seen you um, uh, play a lot of uh, dabble in a lot of music uh, musical uh, endeavors and it's kind of to me it, it kind of embodies this idea when I'm, when I'm telling people about the show about Whale Cave they say yeah well it's cool because musicians want to be comedians and vice versa and I don't know if you've ever wanted to be a Professional musician, but you have definitely the first time I saw you perform. You were we were at uh, University of Michigan, and you were in a you were guest lead vocalist of a band there called Southgoing Zach.
0: Yeah, I, I, so the house that you and I lived in that was after that. This that, was you were we were living in the dorms at this point. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It was sophomore year, I believe. And the house that we ended up living in was John Ute's house, mm-hmm. and we got it from Ute and i used to hang out with this, drummer of south queen yeah drummer right. and he was like the band leader and um they were going they were placing singers they didn't have a, a lead singer who knew a lot of who knew all their songs so they had to split half the show between two singers and so they asked me to do to 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 sing a couple songs And i remember i sang. uh Take the Skinheads Bowling? Yeah, you did. Which was yeah. the best. That, yeah, was, yeah. that was the high point for me. And it was also the great thing
2: was it was at a, um, a very frat-like fraternity. The so fratty. So, like, the frattiest. It was at Sigma Chi, and I was not fratty at all. You were not very fratty. Is that
0: the Is that the, the fraternity that we got in a fight with with Glazer? Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: That was all the fraternity that used to uh, – our dorm was next to it, and they used to sit on the roof and put dollar bills on the ground attached a string and if you walked by they'd pull the string assholes and they would make you look stupid you'd be like oh man i thought i found a dollar and then you'd look up and they'd be like oh, fuck you freshman
0: and i'd be like a senior <laughs> but you were short but i was short yeah and uh
2: anyway but that's not important what, what was what i loved about we was almost you-
0: got a fist fight with them me you and john glazer and some other comedy comedy people were in the u club Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what precipitated it, but I remember me and Glazer facing off with these two guys and Glazer and I talking about afterwards thinking, oh, th- that was about to be a full-on fist fight.
2: Yeah, and I remember thinking, wow, I was about to watch a full-on <laughs> fist fight. <laughs> two guys, very talented comedians. Um, but when you were there, that's why I thought part of it was so cool is because you really took over this
0: fraternity. Well, it, there was, were- it was a powerful performance of Take the Skinheads Bowling, Take Them Bowling. There were two songs that the band wanted to do like like all of these stories of like comedians dabbling in music, there's enormous amount of hubris involved as well, because they also wanted to do sympathy for the devil, which which I will tell you, I had my doubts about from the <laughs> beginning. Like there's something about it that felt wrong for me, right? And I don't I don't remember what went wrong, but I know it was embarrassingly bad. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I remember
2: b- b- both songs being pretty. I mean, I I do remember the butthole surface song being very powerful. So maybe maybe the other one wasn't so great. Camper. Camper Van Beethoven. Is, Camper, is it not Butthole Servers?
0: pretty sure it's Camper
2: Van Beethoven. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Wow, the host of Whale Cave, the music podcast. I mean, I hated to just do that to you. No, no. Look, I'd rather you do it now. I know, because otherwise... I was, I, I
0: knew it. I was testing to see if you knew it. Oh, did I pass? Yes. I think so. <laughs> and I was testing to see if you could take <laughs> constructive criticism. Did I? Yes. Excellent.
2: All right, so, yeah, you're doing the... I call him Comper Van Beethoven. That's the other thing. <laughs> So anyway, um, but I, I do remember that song because it was more – so maybe Sympathy for the Devil. And there 100. are
0: those moments where you think – And that's the Beatles, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I know who it is. You think, I'm I'm doing this. I'm in a band right now. This is this is my future. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Because they're, they're, that was a very cool band in Ann Arbor, South Queen Zach. Oh, they were legitimate they were, in Ann
2: Arbor. They were mm-hmm. not – because they weren't only really playing college stuff. They were playing like – originals the blind and they were pig touring and, and, yeah, yeah they're they're playing they were like a cool they went outside of the college
0: uh arenas i remember i opened for them once at blind pig as a like as, as a stand-up for a second and i remember someone screaming get the fuck off the stage oh really yeah that sucks and that did not go well no <laughs> and then you remember you and i we opened up for blues traveler doing improv comedy yes <laughs> Yeah, We did improv comedy yeah. at a blues traveler show. We, uh, with our group,
2: Highly Improvable. Worst, oh. Worst name ever for an improv trip. We also got yelled at there. Yeah. We asked for a suggestion, and I think someone said, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which we, I think we took. We took that suggestion. Like we started we, Freeze Tag
2: or something. Yep. With, we
0: with, did a horrible improv game. Right. Not ironically. We were genuinely like, oh, why don't we do entrances and exits or. Right.
2: Yeah. A to Z or something. And they said, fuck you. That was hard. And then John Popper got up and no one remembered Highly Improvable because he sang. But anyway. Um, All right. So so that, but that, you weren't in South Queens, Zach.
0: Then you, that was sort of a, did that. I was hoping, I was hoping it would lead to them like pulling me aside after the show and saying, hey, you know, look, band members and band members and I have been getting together and we think you're really cool. Yeah. (laughs) And that didn't happen? No. Okay. Nope. Yeah. No, they had uh, they had this uh, hot girl who was – Oh, yeah, who, yeah. Who you ended up marrying. That's right. And she had like a little red in her hair. Yeah. She had like a cool – And I was like,
2: oh, that's, that's – uh,
0: a- She was great. She was great. Way better than me. Well, well, just different. Yeah. Different look. Different front of the, band. the skinheads bowling. little we'll taste. Butthole surfers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that it's not like that do you think you always cuz then you went on to the next time I probably the, uh, there's like, a quote
0: there's a quote I've been carrying around I don't know if it's apocryphal or not but it's um supposedly it comes from Johnny Depp who again I don't know if this is apocryphal moved to LA to be a musician mm-hmm. not to be an actor and he said that when you're acting you're trying to remember the feelings and when you play the music you actually feel them Ooh Didn't John Mayer say that too? No? Yes. Yes. Oh, and other uh, rapper
2: guru said that. Do you think but do you uh, I mean you agree with that? You I think, totally you agree think with that's that. It's such a hollish. genuine
0: experience. Yeah, like when you're playing music or when you're it it it's it it totally takes you over. Right. And that's then the next because the next
2: instrument you got into was um literally I think senior year we had a drum kit in our house. Yeah,
0: I bought this set of Ludwig uh Vista light clear blue mm-hmm. drum set, which is a good... which is like a, it's it's like a vintage it's a
2: legitimate drum set,
0: yes, yeah, and so I had it in the basement and um I was interested in drums for for a long time when I moved to New York, I started taking drum lessons and it was while I was taking drum lessons that I got like hooked in with this really good drummer and he had a he had all these musicians that he liked, and at that time I was Freelancing at HBO mm-hmm. in their promo department mm-hmm. and somehow, which most drummers did there's a, yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of us yeah drummers there, yeah, um, somehow word got to Seth Abraham, who was the head of HBO sports at the time there's a little bit of convoluted backstory to this, which was that um, that was in the '90s at the time when Interscope Records was under fire from. The Senate for their lyrics because mm-hmm. I think the, I think Cop Killer had come out, um, Ice T album, and that was on Interscope, and um, so Michael Fuchs, who was the head of who oh, Warner Music owned Interscope Records, and Michael Fuchs was head of Time Warner, which owned HBO. He normally would open up this this convention, this like sales and marketing convention in Florida every year with a with a keynote address. Seth Abraham. Michael Fuchs, the president. But he couldn't make it that year because he was dealing with this Interscope problem. I don't know if he was in LA or if he was testifying, but he couldn't be there. So Seth Abraham was going to open, the head of HBO Sports. And he wanted Mm -hmm. to open – the the whole purpose of this uh, convention is to get people really fired up about HBO. And so he wanted to open up the convention and say, hey, sorry, Michael couldn't be here. He's in L.A. working on his rap act. Here are some lines. And somehow it trickled down to me as the person who would write the rap that Michael Fuchs was writing to protest the government's harassment of Interscope Records. <laughs> OK. Got it. And the last – and so, so – He um, was talking about Michael Fuchs, not Michael Blyden. Right. And you were – OK. Got I it. am Michael Blyden. Yes. And, 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 you uh, are not. OK. But it was not lost on me that we both had the name Michael. So I thought I could write it in my voice. Sure. Yeah, he also said, "Feel
2: free to swear and stuff." So you wrote lines for Michael, uh, you know, theoretically a rap for Michael Fuchs as Michael Fuchs. I took on the persona of Michael Fuchs, <laughs> which he read at this
0: convention. They never read my lyrics. Okay, but then you wrote. I wrote a rap, an actual rap. I wrote a rap and I gave it to them. And before I knew the disposition of whether or not it would open the convention, I thought this this shit is good. Yeah, this is a good rap, and it was good. <laughs> it so, is good. It's. It, so um I hired my drum teacher and some musicians and uh we we laid it down and I even uh the sample on there which was being played live was my was my idea. I was like can you can you play this the, the hook from the Buffalo, Buffalo Springfield? Springfield, song? right. And uh so, so then we recorded this rap, which to this day I, I'm I'm so embarrassed. So embarrassed hearing it. So let's play it a little bit. <laughs> let's play like ten seconds. Do you mind if we play like
2: 10 seconds of it? No, go ahead. Okay. Maybe 20 seconds. We'll get the hook. Here we go. Yeah, that's the Buffalo Springfield. Yeah.
1: sound wasn't napped it was your mother usually right a couple but I'll change it if I have to grew up in the suburbs of LA and Detroit when i'm working checks get trapped like AJ4
2: Bruce is the Wallace brothers the king i'm on you like the rainbow family on Wyoming that's good man that's tight that's tight hold on this My one
1: soldier rides
2: away some of the brothers God. don't here stop it stop it I'm please stop brave, it
1: but i'm proud
2: always please oh sorry okay God damn. i was waiting for the line uh which was uh, first of all, it's awesome. It's nothing to be ashamed of. But I, I was waiting for the line, which was, uh, "I'm Mike B and I got
0: skills. Uh, my business is mine, not Capitol Hill." That's good. That's good. See, it was originally, "I'm Mike F and I got skills. No, my business is mine, not Capitol Hills." Yeah.
2: What's the next line? Um, I don't know. I I don't know the next line, but I do know that one because that that's the couplet. Play I, the we 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 play the last the last part. Let's see the last what? verse. Let me see if I can cue it up here. Tell me if this is far enough. This is from a proposed opening to Seth Abraham's speech.
1: Goes on until you breathe your last breath. Earlier, peace out, my be silencing. Yes, you want a little every earlier. You oh, you want in. this? A I'm a riot. Okay, I know you want. I'm the Wild Wild West and a silicone dress. I'm a watch riot on TV. I gave birth to crack, man. What's wrong with me? I'm the memory of every asshole you fucked, and I'm a gross national product. I'm costing money, serving small portions, and I'm killing all the doctors who perform the abortions. I'm free love and free market enterprise, and I'm fast like food, and I go straight to your thighs i'm our biggest goddamn export i read in the rye out loud in court and i love all the things i destroyed and i'll leave you like an embassy in hanoi and i'm hungry like the wolf and i'm <laughs> setting off bombs in the tonkin gulf it goes on till you breathe your last
2: breath
1: <laughs> peace out it might be silence equals death
0: silence equals death <laughs> What? What was I talking about? Why was I talking about? Well, what, what? all these allusions to what? what was
2: my? Why well, I? You were the man, right? You were coming down against the man, I assume, or I mean, I lo- think that's lo- the general theme is just right. Michael Fuchs embodied the man. Pop culture, right? He was. You, you, well, you were being oppressed. First, I was long.
0: commenting on the the disposable nature of pop culture.
2: I'm the memory of every asshole you fucked, and I'm the gross
0: national product. product. <laughs> yeah. I love mean, it. I think I love it. That's actually – If stuff. you think about it. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and I'll leave you like an embassy in Hanoi. Yeah.
2: I mean, here's what I love about it. See, at first you didn't want to listen to it and now you're, you're – And now I'm kind of reveling, reveling in it. Reveling in it, yeah. And you should. I, it was great. And people uh, – Now, what do you think – go ahead. No, I was just going to say before, people uh, – as I was saying before uh, to you earlier, people, quote, still friends of ours, like like Randy and Jay will quote – the lyrics to me sometimes
0: and i'll be like yeah they're the best boosters of that song it's awesome i didn't write it but it's awesome well you can take credit for it because i think you put it on a holodisc i did i did do that uh the matt hosted a for many years hosted a party when people were still making mix cds yeah matt hosted a party every year where it's called the holodisc and people would make 10 copies of a mix bring it in a bag and then he'd distribute Yeah, and it was a great way to. that's how I found new music for like a decade was Matt's Holidays but that rap was on there because
2: I think Jay liked it
0: too. yeah he asked me could he put it on
2: yeah and it it holds I think that rap holds up
0: today I'm laughing because I was picturing like oh this will be great for Michael Fuchs to say these things (laughs) to his employees
2: yeah Um, you know I'm imagining what he looks like and him saying these things too I have no idea what he looks like yeah that's what I was laughing at for some reason I'm imagining Judd Hirsch but, but I'm sure that's not uh, it always looks like um, <clears throat> the other the 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 I think the last uh, instrument that I remember you, you or the musician uh, or, uh, area of music I remember you dabbling in and I say dabbling and I don't mean that in, in an insulting way I you, I feel like you were always searching for something and still are just something interesting and artistic to to get involved in.
0: Well, I remember I remember so when we lived together in L.A. I had this little handheld palm top computer called Mm -hmm. a Scion Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, uh, it was like an early Palm Pilot with a keyboard and um, I left it I went away on a trip and I left the Scion on my bed and it had like alarms you could set up alarms on it and you called me wherever I was and you're like hey your Scion's going off there's an alarm Uh, and I had set an alarm for like two months in advance and the alarm the text on the alarm was focus on music career (laughs) and it went off while I was away. <laughs> and so you're like looking for this. Be- I can just picture you like, oh, there's fucking beeping in Blyden's room. Yeah. And you open the scion and it's this alarm going, this reminder. <laughs> so you called me to remind me to work on my music career. Yeah. Which I wrote a new alarm for when I got back from my trip and I focused on my music career. Yeah. And I um, I had gone to the Pasadena flea market and I'd always wanted a trumpet and I found this beautiful old, old uh, coronet, I brought it home and I found it really easy to play the coronet. Because it's a lead instrument, it's sort of like singing. Like you just intuit what the melody is. You can sing a melody line. And playing notes with your lips is weirdly like singing with your voice. Like it's just something – once you get the hang of it, it just kind of came naturally. Right. So I picked it up kind of quickly and then I started playing with – I had two friends, uh, Kit Pongetti and Matt Hart, and they were playing as a duo um, guitar – and mandolin, like a folk duo. And then I joined them, and it was guitar, mandolin, and cornet. And I played gigs with them.
2: Yeah, you. Would, I saw you Genghis Cohen once, I think. I had
0: a legitimate <clears throat> career.
2: You had a legitimate trumpet career, cornet career. Um, I remember you practiced a lot in the house. <laughs> and I remember that was like my first lesson in parenting, really. Because I was like watching sports, like I think I did the whole time we were there. And I'd be like, oh, damn it, <laughs> cornet. But, but then, yeah, hearing that in the background, I'm like... But then, being very like, you know what? He really likes it, <laughs> and I want to support him. I want to support his art. This is a healthy. This is a healthy hobby. It was. He's off. You know, he's not out doing drugs. Yeah.
0: At least he's not getting someone pregnant doing <laughs> yeah.
2: drugs. Yeah. He's doing drugs in his room.
0: <laughs> then playing cornet. <laughs> yes, that's all I was doing. The lights would flicker. Yeah. In the house, and then you hear the cornet.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: The lights would flicker because I was using um, an industrial heat gun as a vaporization tool. To get high. And the way that the yeah. industrial heat gun works is that once it reaches its – you'd set it at 300. And once it reaches its optimal temperature, it starts drawing and releasing current really fast. And so it would make all the lights in the apartment.
2: You'd suck, suck the power out <laughs> as you suck the bong.
0: Or the yep. vaporizer. Yep.
2: Are there any instruments? Are, is there anything you foresee that you're like? Oh, lately I've been tooling around. I wanted to piano. get a
0: synthesizer. Okay. Really wanted
2: to get a, a, make a synthesizer again. This, does this our conversation today make you think maybe it's time get the Casio? Uh,
0: I, I really recently I was thinking about it about getting like like a, today like during this thing. Mm, yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, you're welcome, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for being here oh man
0: it's my pleasure thanks for being on whale cave this was fun i always love seeing your smiling face well i jeesh i'm blushing can't see it but i'm
2: blushing well that's our that's our first uh episode of whale cave i want to uh i want to thank uh mike blyden sitting right across from me you're welcome um oh i'm playing Propose hold on here we go there we go i've been uh there's another here we go magic song called Fangella so I want to thank actually first uh, I want. before I forget I want to thank Here We Go Magic for allowing me to play their music again they're a great band out of Brooklyn like them a lot I want to thank uh, Andrew Daly who was here earlier Michael Blyden hilarious both of them hilarious uh, and Matt Belknap for helping me put all this together I really appreciate it so thanks for listening and uh, hope you listen again